Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Bible Lab, the podcast where we explore major themes from every book of the Bible in order to see how each page points us to Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. I'm your host, Andy Wood. Thank you for joining me, friends. This is the fourth episode of our examination of the book of Jeremiah. And so here we're going to turn our attention somewhat away from the people of Judah, and we're going to look at the nation of Babylon. So our fourth theme is this. The author of Jeremiah portrayed Babylon as God's instrument and object of judgment. So Babylon is first the agent of divine wrath. Now, I'm not going to make this episode a ancient Near Eastern history lesson. I will say just a couple of things about Babylon just to help you. Uh, one, Babylon, the empire uh, centered around the city of Babylon, is first introduced to us in Genesis chapter 11. This is where the Tower of Babel would have been built. Uh, Babylon is one of, if not perhaps the most ancient city on earth. It, it has played a huge role in the history of the ancient Near East. Uh, There's an older Babylonian empire, which then fell and was consumed by some other empires, but never was completely destroyed. Uh, And for a lot of the history of the Old Testament, Assyria was the dominant world power. Assyria would be sort of uh, modern-day Turkey-ish, kind of moving west and south down towards modern-day Iraq. That would be Assyria. Uh, and Assyria, as they were declining in power, Babylon was rising in power. And about 20 or 30 years before the story of Jeremiah begins, Babylon is going to conquer and replace Assyria as the dominant world power of the ancient Near East. And so it's Babylon that's going to play such a large role in the sort of death blow against the kingdom of Judah in 586. And even though the empire of Babylon is only going to last but really about less than a century before they are in fact conquered by Persia, Babylon sort of becomes the symbol for human rebellion against God and the symbol that even the New Testament authors are going to use to describe our exile and, and you know being faithful to God against the world. But here in this episode, we're talking about not the metaphorical Babylon, but the actual empire of Babylon, which again, at this time, is the dominant power in the world. And so Babylon is first the agent of divine wrath. Jeremiah wants Judah to understand that the oncoming Babylonian crisis uh, is first and foremost a theological problem. And that Judah's real problem is not the Babylonian army. It's not, you know, siege warfare and having enough food and water to survive. But their real problem is a broken relationship with Yahweh. And Babylon is merely the human agent of God's appointed divine judgment. Jeremiah warns early in his ministry that an army is going to come from the north and destroy Judah if they didn't repent. Jeremiah 1, 13 through 14, the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. And the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. And the result of their attack is described in Jeremiah 4, 23. This boiling pot is going to result in As Jeremiah says, I looked on the earth and behold, it was without form and void into the heavens and they had no light. It's sort of the overturning of the creation account of Genesis chapter one. Now, so what's the deal with this out of the north language? Uh, Well, if you were looking at a map, you would see that Babylon is not to the north of Judah, but rather Babylon is to the east. Like why, why why is this destruction coming from the north? Well, in between Babylon and Judah is the Arabian desert. And no one in their right mind is going to march an army across the Arabian desert. And so Judah and Israel were always invaded from 
the north. The enemies would follow the rivers, the Euphrates and the Tigris, and they would come down from the north. And so that's the language that Jeremiah is using, that yes, Babylon, though it is due east, is going to come down from the north. And all of the kings and all of the people ignore these warnings. Jeremiah 7, 12 through 15, go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first and see what I did to it because of the evil of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these things, declares the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen. And when I called you, you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house that is called by my name, Jerusalem and the temple, and in which you trust. Remember there, oh, the temple of the Lord, God won't hurt us because the temple's here. And to the place that I gave to you and to your fathers, as I did to Shiloh. Shiloh is one of the pla- one of the cities of God that had housed the Ark of the Covenant centuries before. And despite the Ark being there, it was still conquered and destroyed. And again, they don't listen to these warnings. Babylon captures Jerusalem in 597, and they immediately exile the current king, a king named Jehoiachin, and they put him in prison, and they put his uncle Zedekiah on the throne. And Zedekiah is going to be the last of the kings of Judah. And he's a puppet ruler. He's only there to execute the will and desire of Babylon. Jeremiah warns the people that submission to Babylon was required to avoid destruction. That you have refused to listen to Yahweh, you don't want to serve him, and so Yahweh has given you into the hand of the Babylonians, and you can see what it's like to serve foreigners, and maybe you'd like to try Yahweh again. But he warns them, you have to submit to Babylon. There's not going to be a miraculous deliverance from Yahweh. The people go to Jeremiah, and in Jeremiah 21, they say, inquire for the Lord, right? Maybe, maybe God will do something wonderful like he did in the past. And what they're likely referring to is In the book of Isaiah and in the book of 2 Kings, we read about when King Hezekiah was king in Jerusalem, the Assyrian army surrounded them. And God struck down the Assyrian army in a single night, killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers and miraculously delivered the people. And Jeremiah said, no, that's not going to happen again. God is against you. Don't look for a miraculous deliverance from Yahweh and don't seek to make a military alliance. The people were sneaking out of the city and going and looking for help. Okay, maybe Syria can help us. Maybe maybe Egypt can help us. And God says, no, none of these people can help you. They're unable to rescue you because, again, it's not Babylon who's against you. It's me who's against you. And so due to their covenant rebellion, the Davidic kings have been replaced by the Babylonian king as the servant of Yahweh. God describes Nebuchadnezzar as being his servant Because Nebuchadnezzar, though he doesn't realize it, is actually going to do Yahweh's will. The kings of Judah knew Yahweh's will, didn't want to do it. So God says, this foreigner is going to do my will, which is to conquer and defeat you so you can know what it feels like to serve the world. God had given the nations to Babylon and resistance was futile. In shocking language, God himself says, look out on the walls. You see the Babylonian army? I'm leading them in the attack against you. Jeremiah 34, 2 through 3. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and say to him, thus says the Lord, behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. You shall not escape from his hand, but shall surely be captured and delivered. You shall see the king of Babylon eye to eye and speak with him face to face, and you shall go to Babylon. Judah, because they have rejected God's word, has become God's enemy, and so God is going to fight against her. Now, unsurprisingly, Jeremiah was viewed as a traitor for saying this, for telling people that 
God was against them and, and God had given them into the hands of the Babylonians and the only hope was the surrender to the Babylonians. People accused Jeremiah of being a paid agent of the king of Babylon. So that is a source of some of the persecution that Jeremiah endures. But despite all of his warnings and despite all of his faithfulness and despite all of the accuracy of his prophecies, Zedekiah decides to rebel against Babylon and Jerusalem is conquered for good in 586 BC. The city and the temple get destroyed and Zedekiah has to watch his sons be slaughtered before him and then Nebuchadnezzar puts out his eyes. So the very last thing he sees is the death of his family and he's taken off in chains to exile. Now after the fall of Jerusalem, Jeremiah remained in the country for a while. But the Jews, as we've mentioned, continue to ignore his warnings. One group assassinates the governor of the land and another group flees to Egypt. And this assassination led to a fourth deportation to Babylon in 582 BC. And Jeremiah warns that those who flee to Egypt, even there, God would use the Babylonians as his agent of destruction and they would perish in Egypt. So Babylon is the agent of divine wrath, but the Babylonian people don't worship Yahweh and they are wicked. And so we see in Jeremiah that Babylon will also be the recipient of divine wrath. Right? Babylon's dominion over Judah and over the nations was going to be temporary. Judah's exile would last for 70 years, and then God's going to punish Babylon for their sins. Jeremiah 25, 11 through 12, This whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon in that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making their land an everlasting waste. Jeremiah 25, 13, and 14, And I will bring upon that land all the words that I have uttered against it, everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against the nations. For many nations and great kings shall make slaves of the Babylonians, and I will pay them back according to their deeds and the work of their hands. So in one of those beautiful mysteries of God's providence, God ordains that Babylon conquer Jerusalem and Judah, but that does not absolve the people of Babylon of their wickedness and the evil deeds they perpetrate. And so they will be judged for what they have done, even though what they have done is a part of God's sovereign plan. Again, there's great mystery here, but this is what we see in Jeremiah. Jeremiah concludes with a long section of, of prophecies and oracles against the nations that we'll talk about in our ex next episode. But the last two chapters, the longest two chapters, are almost a 100 verses of sustained fire of coming judgment against the nation of Babylon. In Jeremiah 50, 23, it says, how the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and broken. The hammer that God used to smash the nations is itself going to be smashed in pieces. And you'll notice, if you've been paying attention as you read, the reversal of fortunes between Judah and Babylon. Right? Like we said Babylon is in, invades Judah from the north, but now God says they will be attacked from the north. Jeremiah 53 out of the north, a nation has come up against you. We said that earlier, Yahweh declared that he was fighting with Babylon against Jerusalem, but now Yahweh is leading the charge against Babylon. Right? Thus says the Lord of hosts, the people of Israel are oppressed and the people of Judah are with them. All who took them captive held them fast. They refused to let them go, but their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is his name. He will plead their cause, that he may give rest to the earth, but unrest to the inhabitants of Babylon. A sword against the Chaldeans, declares the Lord, and against the inhabitants of Babylon, and against her officials and her wise men. And Babylon would be destroyed just like Jerusalem had been. 
But unlike Jerusalem, Babylon will not rise again. In 539 BC, the Persian Empire conquers Babylon. And Babylon would never rise to power ever again. And so the immediate sort of political fulfillment of that prophecy was met in 539. But when we get to the book of Revelation, Babylon has become a symbol for human rebellion against God's kingdom. And in Revelation 18, we get depicted for us the destruction, the once and for all destruction of evil and injustice and oppression and idolatry and sexual immorality and all the wickedness of this world. All human rebellion will be destroyed once and for all, and God will cleanse and purify his world. So we see in the destruction of Babylon a picture of the coming destruction of all the kingdoms of this world. And the message for God's people is to not put our hope in Babylon, to not put our hope in any created thing, any created person, because safety and peace and rest can only be found in the kingdom of God and in great King Jesus. So friends, Lord willing, next time we come together, we're going to look at what God says to all the kingdoms of this world. But for now, take up and read. God bless.